opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. A diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market. Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. We do investing simplified. Welcome into Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show on Apple Podcasts as well as Android and Amazon Music. This is Matt Sudol and Matt May, Wealth Managers here at Price Financial Group. Hello, sir. How are you? I am well. It's the Matts. Matts are back. We are into January now. Believe it or not, time is flying. But we wanted to start to show off talking about a couple of things that are still year-end numbers, right? You had just looked at um, some of the end of the year figures that came in for bonds, I believe it was, right? Yes. Yeah. So 2022 has come in, has officially rung in as the worst year in bonds on record. So you couldn't look back 250 years and see a a year as bad as 2022 was in the bond market for perspective. So when we look at uh, intermediate term U.S. Treasuries, you know, high quality U.S. Treasuries f- uh, for an intermediate time length. The previous worst year was a minus five point six percent. This last year, twenty twenty two, minus ten point six percent. So a full five wow. percent worse than Twice, the as yeah, much pretty much double the wow. the worst year. Uh, if we're looking at total bonds, you know, we're that's a picture of a, a bunch of different types of bonds thrown together. The prior worst year was in March of 1980, and that was a minus 9.2%. This year, we came in at a minus 13.1%, so far worse than the prior uh, all-time low. If we look at long-term U.S. Treasuries, again, March 1980, that was a minus 17.1% that year. Wow. And then the 2022 return, minus 29.3%. Let's slow down there. So this is U.S. Treasuries. Yep. Long-term U.S. Treasuries. Long-term U.S. Treasuries down almost 30% right in line with what just the about NASDAQ. what the NASDAQ did, which is the technology sector. Right. And and you're like, okay, NASDAQ, that's super risky. That stocks, that's technology. Of course they're going to get hit if interest rates right. go up because they, you know, a higher interest rate costs them more money to operate and all those things. But this is a U.S. government treasury, which is considered a risk-free investment, down almost 30%. So let that sink in for a minute. U.S. debt, United States borrowing money on the long term, the value of those bonds dropped by nearly 30%. Now, does that mean that you know if you bought the bond and held it to maturity, you're affected? No, but the value of your portfolio is down that much. And so right. if you're investing in an exchange-traded fund that has it or maybe a mutual fund that has it, that's how much the bond value is down. If you had 
purchased the bond through U.S. Treasury, you could, if you got a statement, it literally says negative 29 and change percent. Wow. Right. And then the last one is the long-term investment grade. So this is anything triple B or better right. in rating. Prior year, January 1842. And by the way, when I'm giving you these the worst numbers, the prior worst numbers, that's on any 12-month period, not just the calendar year. But when I'm giving you what happened last year is just the calendar year, 2022. So the prior worst 12-month stretch was January of 1842, and that was a minus 22.9%. Wow. And this is long-term investment grade. Now the new low is a minus 27%. So that's, you know, hundreds of years ago. And by the way, this is from CNBC, just looking CNBC, at... CNBC, I was yeah, going to ask you yeah, where, where you found this. Yeah, CNBC. We like CNBC, a lot, of, a lot of news for our world. It's like going to ESPN for sports. If you're there in the you sports go. world, yeah. you kind of check that source. So. so what does this mean for investors, really? You know, if you are invested in bonds, or if you've been invested in bonds, it's been a pretty rocky year, right, last year. Yeah, and what do we do when we experience you know, pain in certain areas, particularly in the investment world, we're like, oh, I want to avoid that. That looks terrible in the rearview mirror. Let's not do that again. But now, you know, in the aftermath of those devastating losses in bonds, how does that happen? It works like a seesaw. On one side, you have the value of your investments in bonds. On the other side, you have interest rates. Okay. And last year, interest rates skyrocketed higher, not just because the Fed was raising interest rates. That's their Fed funds rate. More so, it affects the short-duration bonds. On the longer side, you know, bigger market push is what drives those rates. And you saw rates on the 30-year mortgage top out closer to like 7.25%. So rates went super high. And remember, on the other side of your seesaw is your dollars. Rates go up, dollars go down. Right. So, you know, now that the dollars are so far down, what does that mean? It means the rates that you're seeing on those bonds are at pretty good value. They're at pretty good income levels. Well, because bonds, you know, new bonds get getting issued, get the higher rate, which is why the price to uh, rate dynamic changes so much, mm -hmm. right? So if you were, let's say, a corporation, like I'm going to pick on Boeing, right? I like to pick on Boeing. I don't know why. And they issue a $1,000 bond at 3%. Well, if all of a sudden, and it was all of a sudden last year because rates went up so fast, Boeing can get right to borrow money again, but now at 5%, right, versus 3%, mm -hmm. well, how much are you going to pay for that bond, more or less? Right. I mean, if I'm able to now get 5%, I'd be willing to pay more for the 5% income than what I would for a 3% income. Right. So rates went up, prices went down. Yeah. So that 3% bond would, that you're holding, maybe you bought it a year ago is now worth significantly less because mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can get almost double the rate. Now, it's, to finish off the story, like you mentioned yeah. earlier, the, the key is if you bought a three-year bond with Boeing and it paid you 3% and now rates went up to 5%, you really are only in trouble for a few reasons. If Boeing goes under, that's credit risk. Right. You know, now they're bankrupt and you have to worry about is Boeing, if they liquidate all their assets, are they going to be able to pay you back your principal? But if you held it to maturity that full three years of time, likely, you know, Boeing is a big company, barring any kind of bankruptcy or going out of business, you know, they'll pay you the 3% interest. And then at the end of the three-year period, 
you get all your principal back. Exactly. So you might be down in value. So that's one thing. If you're an individual bondholder, maybe you have bond funds, those might be down in value. If it's in a taxable account, we've talked about this, maybe we look at capturing those losses. But still, I wouldn't necessarily get out of the the bond world entirely if it still makes sense for your scenario. Of course, that's a very, very specific recommendation. So I can't make a broad recommendation. But if if bonds fit in your portfolio, you might have losses on some of them. It might be worth it to write off to, to kind of harvest those losses. But still, I wouldn't necessarily abandon it if you still need the income or the safety in your portfolio. Just because they're down. And, you know, and when you're on a roller coaster, you can be on a bond roller coaster. Oh, yeah. And this is basically what we've experienced. You're experiencing a drawdown that's bringing you way, way, way down, down this steep decline, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't a very easy ride. And my advisor told me these were the safe investments you and you lost, you know, 13, 17, 29, 29%, depending on how long those bonds go out. Yeah. And keep in mind, that was after a little bit of a rebound because Mm -hmm. rates did uh, change probably around mid, uh, I think it was about mid November rates started dropping a bit, which propped up bond values. Yeah. not significantly, but a little bit. So, and we if we look were, a little bit further back, twenty twenty one wasn't a very good year for bonds right. on, in general either. Those were negative in twenty twenty one. So you've had two negative years in a row in bonds. Now you've had in the stock world, which we will, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But the stock world in twenty twenty two had its worst year since two thousand and eight. Yeah, financial I just mentioned that to someone that it's hard to believe this, but we've finally you know got to a point where we've had a year where it was worse than 2008 after years and years of it's the worst one since yeah since 2008 right. yeah. since 2008 after years of years of you know turn on the news and the world's the world the worst <laughs> stock market's about to happen and it was just always happening you know there's always something happening we finally had that so it's done behind yeah. us right now we're in 2023 which is great why do i bring up bonds though the reason i bring up bonds is because of our conversation earlier which was what does well during a recession? I asked, you know, hey, what do you think does well in a recession? And and bonds can do better. And the reason why a lot of the time is, is because once we hit a recession, the Federal Reserve may decide to pivot or change their strategy. So the values of bonds could pop back up. But the other reason is purely because of the yields. So if you're having money that you're just investing, right, you're buying these at a much, much better yield that then can return month over month a yield that kind of pays you as you wait. Right, yeah. So if you buy an investment in a bond that is maturing in a year or two years and you're paying, like, you're getting paid three and a half, four and a half percent or something like that, perhaps even more. Right. And the market goes down, who knows? We're we're in the midst of what looks to be an impending recession, Market's down 14, 20% more from these levels, and you're up three and a half, four and a half percent. That's a huge win. Right. And mentally, it's difficult to buy something that's been beat up, right? It's It's been through a year historically, I mean, a terrible year. Yeah. A couple when of you factor in the both the worst bond year on record, yeah. and, we, and it's significantly worse than the prior worst year, plus the worst stock year since, since 2008, right. the financial yep. crisis, put those together. Like a, even even if you were a 60-40, 60% stocks, 40% bonds, or 80% stocks, 20% bonds, 80% bonds, 20% stocks, it doesn't matter really which combination you picked. You're down 
14, 15, 16%, somewhere in that range. Last year was pretty rough. And so on average, it yeah. made discourage people from, you know, going into investments altogether because why would I just do kind of that pain over and over again? It's been, you know, and we don't know where the end of it is, right? Because we're heading into 2023, lots of stuff that could come up. We talked about it on our last show. You know, there's several things that are out there, big, big items, gorillas, as we talked about the 600, 800 pound gorillas in the room are so with us. So how do we know if that's the right choice? Well, if an investment is down so much, I mean, it potentially could present an opportunity. It doesn't mean it does. It's the right thing to do. And as Matt said, every situation is so different, but it presents itself with an opportunity. The second thing I wanted to bring up and I'll take a break here. So we'll talk about it after the break, but I wanted to talk about energy and energy had flagship year, right? Yeah. 2023. On the heels of another awesome year before it in 2021. So when we come back from our break, we'll talk about energy and maybe that's another category. Does it do well or does it not do well during a recession? We'll talk about that after the break. In the meantime, if you missed part of the show, we're available at www.pricefg.com and we are available for complimentary consultations for our listeners at 503-253-3000. And one exciting thing that I wanted to add at the very end is we now have enabled text messaging. So if you text our phone number, that's 503-253-3000. Just text us your name, phone number. Somebody from our team will reach out to you to schedule a complimentary consultation. So we'll take a quick break, Matt, and we'll be back with more Investing Simplified. Leaving an employer can be stressful and overwhelming, but once the dust settles and you're at a new job or perhaps retired, it is important to consider your options for that retirement plan left behind. If this situation applies and you would like to hear more about options available for 401k, 403b, or other retirement account rollovers, please give our office a call at 503-253-3000 to schedule a complimentary consultation with someone on the team to go over your specific and individual situation. We will take the time to get to know you, your goals, and let you know what the best course of action is for you and your family. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt Sudol. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. Thank you for joining us this hour. We're coming back after a break. But if you've missed part of the show, please go to www.pricefg.com. We've got our shows posted. We're trying to stay on top of it. Recently, we've updated it. If you have an Apple phone or if you have an Android phone, both have platforms for podcasts. We're on there. Just look up Investing Simplified. We're also available through Amazon Music. So we were talking before the break, Mr. Matt, that there has been a big drawdown on bonds. Um, and the reason we brought it up was because of the fact that, hey, when we go to recessions, sometimes, typically, Nobody really knows, but that's what's happened. Bonds do okay, right? And the reason why they would maybe do okay is two reasons. If we don't see a big change in the monetary policy with the Federal Reserve messing with rates, we're getting that yield. And you talked about yields being up 3 4 5%, maybe higher if you're in corporate bonds. The second component to it, and the reason why bonds could do well, is maybe mid-year, later uh, in the fall, who knows when, the Federal Reserve decides to U-turn. What does that mean? That means the Federal Reserve will come out and said, hey, we've done enough. We're going to pause rates, hikes. That won't really change pricing. But as soon as they do that, we'll start seeing a pricing of 
bonds change because of the fact that the next step after that is typically a rate cut. They cut rates to stimulate the economy. So that would be one potential argument to consider bonds again. If you're in bonds or if you're looking to add to them, maybe that is something to consider. Matt, you were going to add something. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems to me the communication coming from the Federal Reserve with Mr. the Chairman, uh, Mr. Powell, it seems to be he is adamant that he's not going to be pivoting in 2023, but the market is pricing in a recession and the fact that he will have to pivot in 2023. And this latest volatility in the stock market just kind of over the last day or so, it's been more like the... The market is realizing like, hey, the they're looking for a target Fed funds rate of less than 5%. And the Fed is saying it's going to be closer to about 5.1%. So the market's saying, hey, you're not going to be able to raise as much. You're going to have to probably start turning around sooner rather than later. And the Fed says, hey, we're going higher probably February and March, and we're not going to go lower all of 2023. So it looks like it's a giant game of chicken to see you know, which... Which one of those opinions is right? The market with the dollars or the Fed who is trying to control inflation? Well, and at the end of the day, the Fed has the ultimate decision to make because the market can't drive the result. But Mm -hmm. I will tell you that, and I might have mentioned this before, you know, the Fed could be bluffing a bit. They might be wanting not to tell us, hey, when will we pivot, pause, any of the piece? Because we'll go right back to because we'll go, crazy buying and spending. Exactly, exactly. So that would be the other cards they're playing. They're watching all the numbers. We'll see what transpires. In the meantime, you've got to have, as we call it, an all-weather portfolio. So mm-hmm. maybe that is bonds, maybe it's not. We'll talk about energy next. But if you'd like a consultation with us, we do do, do, do those for our listeners. And our number here is 503 we can also receive text messages now, which I mentioned in the last segment. It's exciting. We're moving on with technology. So if you text our 503-253-3000 number, just your name, what would you like to do? If you'd like to talk to us, a phone number, we'll give you a call. The second thing I wanted to mention, we teased it a bit in the first segment. I was saying that energy in general has done well. And what does it mean for recessions? You know, does it do well still or does it fall? And while we were doing our break, we looked up the exchange traded fund XLE, which is an energy ETF exchange traded fund, right? And not only was it a great potential play, well, actual play in 2022, but also in 2021. And you have the numbers. So what did it do? Yeah, 2022, it was up 57.6%. That's a pretty monster year coming on the heels of 2021 when it was up 46.44 percent right those are two monster years so do you that quick together. math yeah if you bought it january 1st 2021 you're well over 100 percent return yeah so if you did that first of all congratulations uh, but you probably were wondering to yourself at the end of 2022 should i you know 2021 sorry should i keep it should i sell it and you're probably scratching your head again because as you might be doing a quick math here, Matt, but I just pulled it up. 130.79% is the return that my phone, my computer is pulling up here from January 1st, 2021. What was the number? January 1st, 2023. It says 130%. Does that yep. add up? Yeah. It does. Yeah, that's what I got. But that wasn't even the peak because the peak would have been November 7th of 2022. I would have been um, 145.73%. Now, that would mean you timed it perfectly, which... 
nobody can do that really and that's one of the rules that's important to remember if, if we were to refresh everybody's memory if you're trying to be correct on trading your portfolio in and out of the markets it's very very difficult we discourage it just because nobody really knows and you have to be correct twice right you need to know when to get in you need to know when to get out you may get out soon or too soon rather or you may get out too late and that's the problem because you could get greedy and it's like hey this is going to go up 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 and then it the energy place can turn around really fast yep so that's called recency bias to expect what has happened recently on this investment to continue to happen in the future. So we, we talk about it. Okay. Energy had a great run. We're in the face of a recession. Potentially it's looking more and more likely, but I don't know how we can possibly avoid that train with how aggressively the fed has raised interest rates, but they probably need to, in their opinion, to control inflation and that's working. But uh, energy of course is a commodity and we look at commodities as a whole, they have a good strong track record of doing pretty well during recessions. I'd say with energy in particular, because it's had this run, it might not be as strong of an opportunity, but typically what does well in a recession are highly positive cash flow generating companies. And right now with the price of oil, even in the mid seventies, it's been as high as, you know, high one twenties in the last year right. or so, you know, at those levels, energy companies are still going to be highly profitable if demand stays relatively decent and they're going to be able to generate a decent amount of free cash flow. And more importantly, they might, it may not be necessarily about having more and more profits. It's what they're doing with the profits that they have. They're re, they've been showing a strong desire to return profit to shareholders. Right. Because if we look back, not just these last two years, those have been great, obviously. But going back five to seven years, energy has had a rough run. It's been really, really bad, particularly in 2020. Neg oil went negative there for a little bit. The demand was thought to be almost evaporated in an instant, and oil futures were trading in negative territory. Right. You know, the well, demand went whole, so low, yeah. the oil is still flying out of the ground, the tankers are full, the trains are full, can't put it offshore. You know, farmers are saying, hey, I, didn't, I still need all this diesel. You can unload, I'll, I'll dig a 500-gallon trench in my backyard and you can fill it up with diesel. Right. They just didn't have anywhere to put it. And that, that was a, I do a, remember actually, the storage issues and everything, yeah. yeah. But, Which could be good or, you know, it, what I guess you're getting at is not all parts of energy will be terrible. Uh, some might do okay. Some might kind of be in the middle. Are we there's, a, there's a another, lot of factors involved here because yeah, you got China potentially coming back online. They just basically said COVID policy, what COVID policy? Moving on. And move, <laughs> moving on. So now they, they just kind of went free for all. So that's probably going to be a you know an exacerbated situation over in China where you're going to see an explosion of cases, but they'll probably get through it. But the you know th that is a pro and a con. Uh, that we don't that the con is. And the negative is that we, if COVID is really bad, it might wreck the supply chain again, and it might hurt demand because everybody's, you know, dealing with COVID over there. But if they get through it relatively, you know, better than expected, their demand should eventually come online uh, in the next six to 12 months, we, we're thinking. And so you have the population the size of China now not on lockdowns and going back to normal mode, they were definitely one of the larger consumers of energy in particular. So the demand from that should should really boost prices. Coupled with a, a few other things around the globe, 
the demand in Europe has been a little bit lower than expected. It was supposed to be sort of a harsh winter, and that was the big worry that with the right. war in Ukraine and Russia playing games with the energy s- supply, they're the largest, I believe, largest natural gas supplier to Europe, where they supply a monstrous amount of natural gas to Europe, and they're talking about, you know, cutting supplies or you know, and there's all the the to the passageways that are getting blown up and things. The supply has been, you know, they're, they're playing some games. It looks to be there and the, the weather has been better than expected. So the demand has been lower, which is actually hurting prices. I think overall, when we're looking at in the face of a recession, that is in investors minds. And that is what's challenging the price lately is that the demand is, is suspected to go lower when the demand goes lower, price generally goes lower. But Again, I would refer back to the positive cash flow and what those companies are doing with it. They're paying special dividends, increasing Buying dividends. Buying back stocks. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that's happening for you sure. Know, buybacks are going to have some problems because right. the new regulations are really punitive for uh, for some types of buybacks. And that we got to look at that. But when we look at the overall exposure to energy compared to five years ago, it's still only about half of as what it used to be in uh, represented in portfolios. Got yeah. it. So, so we'll see where energy goes. It's, it doesn't mean it'll fall through the floor. Uh, it, it'll, you know, I mean, we may not have another year where we're 20, 30, 40, 50% up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially as we potentially hit into a recession because what you're saying is perhaps the yields stay where they are and they tried sideways a bit, not necessarily drop. Uh, why does energy go down when the recession starts, well, the demand, if we're not spending as much, which is one of the things I wanted to talk about, and we could talk about it more after a break again, but what are you doing with your personal money? Are you s- tightening the belt right now? You know, there was a, what is it, maybe a month, two months ago that um, Jeff Bezos came out and was talking about tightening things up at Amazon, and the first time in a very long time, they laid off employees. They laid mm-hmm. off 18,000 employees. Yeah, it was expected to be 10,000, and they came out with, uh, I think it was 18,000. Right. Yeah. Much Intel, more than expected. Local employer. Uh, I was just speaking with somebody that works there. 20% is what they were thinking is getting cut. Now, they were getting cut in different roles that were mm-hmm. not manufacturing roles, but sales uh, in others. And so that hits home. Yeah, Salesforce. Gold, Goldman Sachs, they're talking about Goldman laying Sachs. over 3,000 people. The longer the list gets, the more real this recession becomes because the Fed was aiming at this. They know that if jobs go down, we have higher unemployment, less people out there spending money, people feel poorer, which is because they don't have the income. Inflation will come down, which will help fix all the supply and demand chains. But how low will they allow for inflation and I guess the economic activity to go down before they decide to turn around because they got to stimulate you, right? That's mm-hmm. a very, very difficult job. And we'll talk more about some of those aspects after our break. I did have a few things that I wanted to make sure people keep as a top of mind item as we head into recession, because we've been in a very, very frothy market for quite a while, mm-hmm. have been fortunate enough to have jobs and employment's been low, but things are changing. So stay with us. We'll take a break and we'll be back with more Investing Simplified. When planning for income and retirement, there's a lot to consider. 
between managing the budget that fits the family, trying to figure out from where to draw your income, or balancing the tax ramifications of withdrawals, moving into retirement can be overwhelming. At Price Financial Group, we help clients work to create a sustainable retirement roadmap, addressing these concerns and more, and helping folks feel confident in their future retirement income, right when they need it most. If you'd like a financial plan tailored just for you, please don't hesitate and call our office today at 503-253-3000, 503-253-3000 to set up your complimentary consultation. Price Financial Group offers investment advisory services through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt Sudol. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, you can catch replays of our show on Apple and Android. Both devices, look up podcasts on there, Investing Simplified. So Matt, we were talking before the break about a couple of different things to consider or look at as we head into 2023. Because one of the questions that has come up is, what do you do if a recession hits, right? So we mentioned bonds first, then we talked about energy. And if you've missed that part of the show, again, replay is available. In a nutshell, bonds potentially an okay investment, given the fact that they have had a really rough, using nice words, a couple of years. As in the worst year on record last year. It was really, really bad. If you missed that segment, there's a, a little bit of juice in there, a little bit of nuggets of knowledge. But I mean, seriously, the worst year in history, you can't go back 250 years to find a a year in bonds that was as bad as as last year. Yeah. So, but they're paying a higher yield now and potentially if a uh, rate change were to happen and that is a a drawdown in rates in terms of Federal Reserve coming out and saying, hey, we're going to cut rates, that could potentially be okay for bonds. Mm -hmm. The second thing was energy. And we talked about how that doesn't always play out as simply as Hey, recession means energy goes down, may, may not. So again, listen to the episode. But what I wanted to talk about now is more directly to our listeners that may be helpful. I hope it's helpful. Keep up with five items to consider doing or maybe review as we head into this recession, right? So I'm going to go through these and I'm hoping that'll help some people. We'll, we'll have a little conversation about this. Some of these are more important than others, but I put them all on the list because I think they all make sense. So number one, emergency fund. I know elementary, but keep it in mind. If you're working or maybe you're thinking, hey, I may not have enough money in my emergency fund. Now is the time to fill that thing up. Maybe overfill it a bit. When you go into a recession, it's not a crazy thought to go from a three month to a six month to a nine month or even a one year emergency fund. If you overfund it, the worst case, you don't use it. It's one of those things where you need it, probably hard to get it. If you don't need it, that's when you want to create this emergency fund. So this also goes out to business owners. We have business owners that listen. Prepare yourself for volatility. Depending on your business, what do you do, what services you provide or what products you sell, you want to make sure you're keeping your employees on payroll. That's been one of the big talking subjects. Why is unemployment not going down? Well, part of the problem is, Business owners haven't been hiring as quickly or firing people as quickly as other because they're hard to find. People are hard to find still. And we went through a period of time where unemployment was plummeting 
and it was very difficult to find employees. So business owners, if you're out there, same thing, having an emergency fund. So maybe if there is a couple, three months or six month period of time where sales are down and you might need to dip into something to keep the machine going, that is your business and not lose employees, it could be valuable, right? Number two. Mm Mm-hmm. Job. I would say at the oh. at the tail end of number one, yes. you know, if we're looking at emergency funds, I, I, I love the fact that you have it number one, because I read an article on CNBC, and that was towards the tail end of last year about how we were at the highest level of withdrawals from a 401k due to hardship. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, that says a lot right there, because what do you typically do when you run out of cash? You, If you have it, you turn to either credit or or your retirement savings. And the credit, of course, in these interest rate environments can be, you know, 23, 24% or more if you don't have, you know, these Absolutely. incredibly low fixed rates or whatever. Or the the 401k, if you're qualifying for some of those uh, reasons to avoid the 10% penalty, that's fine, but you will still have the, the taxes owed on that. So if it's coming out of a, like yeah. an IRA or a 401k, so... If you're adding those penalties into it, you could lose 40% of your account just in taxes and penalties. Just in fees, right. I'm going to keep it as as simple as do not treat your retirement account as a piggy bank, right? It's not an emergency fund. It's not supposed to be one. It's for your retirement. Now, obviously, life happens, right? So if you have a terrible, terrible thing that happens, hopefully it doesn't happen to any of our listeners or anyone, but those things happen. That's why hardship withdrawals are there. That's why 401ks are there. 401k loans rather are rather mm-hmm. are there. But just because you didn't save or think ahead and don't have enough in an emergency fund doesn't mean you should go raid your 401k because what happens afterwards once you run, run out of that resource, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a good point. And unfortunately, we are seeing record level of withdrawals from hardship and 401k loans, which makes us realize that that cash that we've had on the sidelines dwindling really fast. The monetary supply print we did Americans have done a really good job of spending it all. And now we're dipping our, you know, into the next bucket we have, which is retirement. Yeah. And credit. Credit is raising at an incredibly quick rate. So uh, the use use of credit, very alarming. alarming. So number two, I put job. And what I mean by that is if you're an employer or versus an employee. So if you're an employee, if you work for someone, make yourself valuable. If you're not valuable, can you add value? Can you add to that business and create more revenue? Can you help that business grow? If you're sitting there right now, or maybe you're thinking about your job and you really don't have a heck of a lot to do, maybe your days aren't full, you maybe are finding yourself kind of bored at work, that would make me nervous. Why? Well, because if you're going to cut any part of your company, you're going to start with people that aren't really doing much. Maybe you have a special project that you're waiting for, but maybe what if it doesn't happen? So yeah. make yourself valuable. Maybe pivot while you have a job. Maybe, again, if you like where you work, talk to the owner. Talk to the, if it's a small business. Maybe say, hey, I want to make myself more valuable. How can I add and help the business grow and get through this recession together? Right. And I, I would dovetail that with sometimes it's not necessarily where you feel like may, maybe you're just not putting in your full effort. What if it's, oh, well, if they fire me, I've got 10 other jobs that I could get right now. That might not be the case six, nine, right. 12 months from now. So I would just be cautioning you that if in the head, when we're facing down a recession, 
the available jobs are going to dry up Absolutely. and it eventually it's going to go negative. Like there will be a net loss in jobs, not 1.8 million jobs available. Absolutely. And we're seeing the jobs number start to slowly come down. It's lagging, right? It's going to take a minute before mm-hmm. it hits. So because people take file unemployment and, and such that that takes time. On the flip side, if you're in the employer, if you're a business owner, if you're listening to us, first of all, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule because if you're a business owner, work doesn't stop. You're always on the clock. So if you're listening to us, maybe you're driving and working, kudos to you, keep it up. Find ways of adding more value to your customers, whether it be through service or sales. Maybe find another avenue you could be making money. Think about maybe passive ways of, of, of things you could be doing. Maybe it's some sort of a ongoing membership or something, or maybe there's just more of a exploratory situation where you're, you're feeling out what the market needs. Yep. Just trying to deliver the best service and that you possibly can. That is very good. If you provide excellent service, people are more likely to stick with you. Right? So that would be my number two, number three budget and people hate budgeting. I know that, um, People don't like to jive, jut down all their expenses and spending and have, you know, themselves be judged by themselves or their significant others or putting the budget. If you're a business out there, it's like, what are you spending? Can you cut any of the expenses? Now, I know that we're used to spending and we're in America. People love spending money, which is just one of the. That's what we do. What's what we do. Right. So, but maybe cut down we're, on. Some I'm good stuff. at it. Right. Matt, we're, I am good at it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You. <laughs> Everybody's good at spending, but if you can find a way of cutting some expenses that are maybe unnecessary, look at those reoccurring subscriptions you have to Netflix and Hulu. Maybe, and this just made me laugh the other day because somebody said, you know what, honey, it's time to go to Hulu with ads. Can't afford the one without ads anymore. <laughs> I mean, there's little things that compound. In, in, which yeah, I can only imagine what kind of subscriptions I'm actually paying. Like my my subscriptions that I have that my wife doesn't know about and she's paying the same s- subscription that yeah. I don't know. It's like we're just probably Absolutely. doubling, like sitting sitting down to cover those wasteful little, you know, $9.99, it all adds $14.99. Up, right? Maybe it's a budget around going out versus eating at home. Maybe it's TV, you know, or maybe it's a phone bill. It doesn't matter. There's mm-hmm. ways of always cutting a budget getting that very new latest iphone or android you know the samsung i need i do need a new phone but you know i i'm not one of those uh types of folks that Updates needs to every have six months the, yeah the the latest and greatest oh it's got the you know nine bazillion megapixel phone that i can see maybe the, skip the moon one, from right? maybe skip an upgrade Th- those are very important i mean apple will be apple they'll do okay if you don't get in the latest and newest phone and how much do they really change they don't change a heck of a lot. I don't see a difference between my last phones. It works well. It seems to work a little faster the first you know hour or two I have it, and then I get used to the new speed, and it doesn't matter. So that's very important. The next number four: plan and don't guess. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're in retirement, or if you're not, let's talk about retirees first, since we've got a show for our retirees. Spend a lot of time with them. If you don't have a plan. For 2023, maybe you didn't have a plan for 2022. How are you going to get through the year? Are we just going to wing it? Maybe you're heading towards retirement. Maybe you're thinking, you know what? This isn't going to happen. I'm just going to throw in the towel and keep working. Is that really the best solution? Do you really want to keep working? Or do you want to see if you could retire by working with your budget, going Mm. over your goals, going over what risk you're taking? How should you be invested? Where to pull your money from? At what point do you put money in? 
or pull money out of retirement that are Roth IRA money or traditional IRA. There's so many components to it. Yeah, looking at the tax impact of the portfolio withdrawals, including required minimum distributions over your lifetime, it, it can really be eye-opening and point big, to opportunities. Not just opportunities, but potential pitfalls that if addressed earlier than later can really make a big difference in your financial well-being. Because if you're not planning, then you're guessing. And, and who wants to guess when it comes to re- the retirement? If you're in retirement, you have a limited amount of money because maybe you have a 401k that you've, you're drawing from, or mm-hmm. an IRA. That is a limited amount of money unless you want to go back to work. Right? We know we all got a social security increase. Well, I didn't because I'm still working. But if you got a social security well, increase, that just accounts you did, for inflation. You just haven't taken it yet, right? Right. It's going to be it's in the future. In the future. We'll see hopefully if it, there in the future. it lasts that long. Caveat, the social security is fully funded. So the social security administration says through about 2020, 2033, potentially 2034. And then from there, they're saying it could need to drop by 20%. Right. So we can't count on it. But if you're heading towards retirement. But it's not as bad as you got to have a plan. If you're not retired, you also have to have a plan. Where are you going to put your dollars that you're working for? You've got dollars coming in. We just talked about you cutting your expenses, creating a budget, putting money in emergency funds, but maybe you're putting money away in other buckets, which we'll talk about after our break. However, going back to number four, before we go to number five, plan, don't guess. If you don't have a plan, if you'd like a plan, if you'd like somebody to take a look at what you have going on, that is what we do for our listeners. So give us a call or text us at 503-253-3000. If you give us a text message, just your name, phone number, best time to call, we'll give you a call, we'll chat with you, we'll schedule a complimentary consultation. So with that, we'll take one last break and be back with more Investing Simplified. If you or someone you know is 65 or older, now is the time to talk about Medicare options. Medicare is an integral part of your financial picture, but there are so many options it can be confusing and overwhelming. Price Financial Group has recently introduced an experienced Medicare specialist who can provide you with a complimentary consultation to cut through the noise and ensure your Medicare needs are aligned with your overall plan. We have offices conveniently located in the metro area, and working with our Medicare specialist won't cost you anything except a bit of your time. Call 503-253-3000 or visit PriceFG.com to schedule your complimentary consultation today. You're listening to Investing Simplified. Now, back to our host, Matt Sudol. Welcome back to Investing Simplified. However you're joining us today, thank you for making us a part of your day. This is Matt Sudo, Wealth Manager here at Price Financial Group, coming back to you after a break. Before the break, Mr. Matt May and myself talked about five things to consider as you're heading towards a potential recession or in preparation in general. It's always good to be prepared because if you don't plan, you guess, and you don't really want to guess. And that's the last thing I left off with in a prior segment, that was number four. But in a nutshell, real quickly, number one was having a, an appropriate amount of an emergency fund. Whether you're a business owner or an individual, you should have cash on the sidelines. Now, why would you do that? Well, pretty self-explanatory. If an emergency happens, if a layoff happens, you need to have something to rely on. If you're an individual, that's your expenses for running the household. You run your household like a business. If you're a business owner, 
On the other side, you've got employees that are counting on you. And how hard was it to hire all these employees? How hard was it to find the right people that fit within your business that each and every day come in to try to help you make money, make revenue, and make your business grow? It would be pretty disappointing if you had to lay off your employees. And so if you had an emergency fund, maybe it's a couple, three months, maybe more of cash flows that you've set aside that if things were to turn off, how long could you continue to stay in business? And that's important because staying afloat is very, very important. You don't want your competition taking advantage of it and absorbing your business. You want to stay in business. So that's why emergency fund was right up there on number one. Number two, your job, making yourself valuable, whether that be for your customers, if you're a business owner, or if you're an employee, what can I do? How can I do more to help you succeed with your business? That's how you make yourself valuable. If you're one of those employees that doesn't have a lot to do every day, that should give you head scratch. It's like, wait, if the economy really doesn't go very well, if things turn down like we're thinking they might, is my business going to look for those opportunity zones within their business to cut expenses? And am I the cost center that they're going to cut first because maybe they don't see the value. Again, building that value is very important. Number three, budget. Very simple, self-explanatory, yet we forget about it. Make sure we rewind the clock a bit. Go back to the times before we had such a good run with low interest rates, low unemployment, and think of when you were maybe a couple, three, five years younger. What was your budget like? Could you rewind the times and go back to spending less. Cut out anything that you don't need to survive or get through this, right? So that's an important number three. Number four, plan and don't guess. And this is where we just come to it with the fact of the matter being that if you don't plan, you're going to have to guess or you're going to have to improvise. And when it comes to your money, you don't want to do that. If you're in retirement, even worse, because you have a bucket of money that you're potentially drawing from, whether it be your 401k, some other retirement account, maybe some savings you have, that doesn't have an endless supply. It will run out, if, especially if you're not planning. So if you're not planning and you're just hoping things will turn around, maybe they don't. There are cases, as we've seen with sectors of the economy, that take a while to recover. The recovery from this recession might take us a while too. We don't know. Um, and again, if you don't have a plan, you're going to have to guess or you're going to be forced to guess and we don't want to do that. And we do provide complimentary consultations for our listeners and you can give us a call for that at 503-253-3000. We get to know you. We get to know your goals, figure out your risk. We're figuring out how does it all come together? Because we've said this before on our show multiple times. A, all weather portfolio, you want something that'll get you through good times and bad times. But more importantly, you don't necessarily need to take on risk if your goals don't call for it. You should be benchmarking yourself to your goals because every situation is different as we talk about all the time. So give us a call if you'd like that consultation. You can also text us and our number here is 503-253-3000. So finally, we come back down to number five. And I stalled enough, I'll give it away. And that's taking advantage of the opportunity ahead of us. Now, what are you talking about, Matt? How can this be a good time at all? The market's down, 
economy's down, unemployment might be spiking, interest rates are high, I'm borrowing, I'm not in a good space. How can I take advantage of things? So I'm going to break it down a little bit. If you're a business owner, I'm going to start there. We brought up, brought up business owners several times this segment and throughout this show. And if you're a business owner, maybe you're positioned well. Maybe you have money set aside, and this is a good opportunity for you to acquire other businesses that are unfortunately going under. Maybe you're not in an excellent position, but you still have time to get yourself positioned better. Again, opportunity. Markets turn. Some business doesn't make it, and you might be able to take advantage of that. You might be able to pick up some great employees. Maybe you're still hiring and you're having a hard time. It's been a hard go for employers to hire. You had to battle with recruiters. You had to offer jobs that are way, way higher paid than they should be. Now you might have an opportunity to take advantage of a potential downturn. If you're an individual, what does that mean? Well, there's two things that could happen. Either you're working or you're retired. If you're still working and you're putting money away, you're still buying the dip, buying into a market that's down. If you're contributing through your retirement plan, you're doing what's called dollar cost averaging. What does that mean? Every paycheck you get, every couple of weeks, once a month, however that is paid to you, you take a portion of your retirement and put it in there. You take a portion of your paycheck and deposit it into your retirement account if you're contributing. So first of all, if you're not contributing but you can, make sure you're using the options available to you at employers. A lot of them have a match. If you have a match, that's, you know, when we talked about it, it's almost like free money because if you put in a percentage and they match you, It's a very good way of potentially putting some money aside for retirement. Each situation is different. Again, we want to talk about specifics. Give us a call. Otherwise, we're just giving out guideposts as to potentially some ideas. And then lastly, if you're a retiree, it's like, well, what advantage is there? Well, rates are high. They're high. They're a lot higher than they used to be. And so if you're a retiree, maybe you don't have any debt. Maybe your house is paid off. So you're not paying a higher interest rate. So you're like, hey, I don't mind these higher rates other than the fact that the stock and the bond markets have been down. But maybe now you've got some money that you've been sitting on, some cash. Banks are paying more. Credit unions are paying more. Online banks. You got CDs. You got insurance companies. Every one of them is paying a little bit more, just about. Obviously, everything changes day in and day out and rates change. So don't know exactly where they will go long term. But right now, short-term rates, mid-size or mid-term rates, long-term rates, they're all kind of in the same bucket where we've got, we've got that yield inversion. We're seeing rates on three-month CDs, nine-month CDs, and a year CDs be very close to each other. So potentially, this is the time to take advantage of such rates and put some money to work um, or reposition your portfolio, right? Matt talked about bonds earlier. Perhaps that's an opportunity. Perhaps energy is. You know, everything depends on your plan and what are you trying to accomplish. So as you can see here, many of these things on the list I've named tie together because every plan and every situation is different. We need to sit down with you to dissect that. Look at what are you spending? What are you making? Where does the income come from? Where is it going? Are we spending more than we should? Are we not saving enough? Are we taking on too much risk? Maybe we're not taking enough risk. All those factors are very, very important. And I know this may be kind of boring because you're listening to us like, man, this is a lot of words and I don't know where to start. Well, we like to handhold people through these 
things. And this is why we do complimentary consultations, which are unique. Not a lot of people do those, but we enjoy meeting our listeners and providing additional value on a more of a one-on-one basis. Again, our number here is 503-253-3000. So talked enough about all this, I think. And key thing to remember is that recessions come and they stick around for a bit and then they go and then they typically turn into another prosperity period of time, I'm going to call it. Right, So we go from a bear market to a bull market. We don't know when the bull market will start. It could have already started. It could start in a month. It could start in a year. We don't know. You just have to prepare yourself. So just like we talked about preparing yourself for this upcoming recession or recession we're already in, you should think about what do I do after that? So a plan should be encompassing other factors and be long-term. Shouldn't look at things one year at a time even, six months at a time. You should be looking at your future, right? Maybe in your 30s, you're in your 40s, in your 50s, in your 70s. Whatever your age is, there is a tomorrow, most likely, and you have to plan for it. But you also have to plan, what if I make it to 90, 100? Who knows? Technology is changing. Healthcare is changing. We might be living a lot longer than we, we know. So preparation for recession, very important. Preparation for long-term even more important because once we get out of this market we're in and potentially things start turning around, we'll have that energy back, right? Because everybody feels a little down when the markets are red. Nobody wants to see their statements and see red on it, but we understand it's it happens, you know, as Matt and I talked about, this is the largest pullback we've had since 2008. That is a very, very long period of time. Now, we've thought about it, multiple times we talked about it many times you know scroll back a couple years how many different things were happening in the world and we're calling for a recession well we're in one and so this is why you got your toolkit of the five things i just gave you and i'm going to go over it one last time here got emergency fund making sure that's funded you've got a job keep it if you don't have a job maybe get a second one this is the time to not slow down. This is the time you push and try to make strides for yourself because every dollar you put in to the markets, invest in yourself. If we turn around, which hopefully we do, and the market starts going up and the economy expands, is going to be given back to you two or threefold, hopefully, right? That's the goal. Review the budget. Have a family meeting. When was the last time you had a family meeting? Spouse and you sit down, maybe kids say, hey, We're going to hunker down. We're going to spend less. We're going to do better at making sure we're managing this budget as we weave through the economy. Now, your family could be doing really well. That doesn't mean you shouldn't review the budget. Do it anyway. Number four, plan and don't guess. I beat this one to death. Again, have a plan or talk to somebody that can help you create a plan like our firm because we're happy to do so. Sit down for a complimentary consultation. If you guess, may not work out and it'll give you extra uncertainty because you're guessing. Take the guesswork out, have a plan, and something you can stick to. And then the last item being taking advantage of the opportunity presented. Recessions aren't always seen as such, but they are, in a way, an opportunity. An opportunity to put more money into investments, potentially. Opportunity to pivot your investments, change the allocation, potentially build a business, start a business, expand your business. 
it's not always bad, right? We always want to look for some silver linings because there's always some there. Like the fact that we'll be back next week with another episode of Investing Simplified. So I appreciate everyone tuning in this week. This has been Investing Simplified. The opinions voiced in Investing Simplified with Bo Caldwell are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with an attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investors cannot invest directly in indexes. The performance of any index is not indicative of any investment and does not take into account the effects of inflation and the fees and expenses associated with investing. A diversified portfolio does not assure profit or prevent losses in a declining market. Roth IRA conversion is a taxable event. Guests on Investing Simplified are not affiliated with Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated. Investment services offered through Price Financial Group Wealth Management Incorporated, an SEC registered investment advisor. Price Financial Group Wealth Management. We do investing simplified.